0: On this episode of Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy, you will hear from Dr. Gary DeGay as we discuss revenue and its importance in the pharmacy enterprise. Hi everyone and welcome to Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Weber, Chief Pharmacy Officer and Administrator of Pharmacy Services at The Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Powered by the Ohio State University Lashley Leadership Program, this show is designed to keep current and aspiring health system pharmacy leaders up to date with issues, trends, and best practices affecting our profession. You can learn more about the Lashley Leadership Program and the Ohio State University's College of Pharmacy MS in Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership by visiting go.osu.edu forward slash pharmacy leadership. that's go.osu.edu forward slash pharmacy leadership. Gary DeGay, PharmD, MS, currently serves as System Vice President of Revenue Cycle at Ohio Health in Columbus, Ohio. He earned his Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Campbell University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences and completed a Master of Science in Health System Pharmacy Administration at The Ohio State University with combined residency training at Ohio Health Riverside Methodist Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. In his current role, Gary oversees all lines of business for revenue cycle management and patient access across their enterprise. Previous professional experience for Dr. DeGay included various positions with the Diabetes Business Unit, and osteoporosis division at Eli Lilly and Company. His professional affiliations include the Healthcare Finance Management Association, American Society of Health System Pharmacists, and Ohio Society of Health Systems Pharmacists. He is also an assistant professor at the Ohio State University College of Pharmacy, in the Division of Pharmacy Practice and Science. And additionally, he precepts residents and students throughout the year from numerous colleges of pharmacy. Today, I'm really, really happy to welcome Dr. Gary DeGay to the show. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bob, for having me. So uh, obviously you're an Ohio State MS HSPA graduate. Uh, We're very proud of, of sort of how you've progressed in your career. And I think this is going to be a great discussion to talk about revenue, revenue cycle, to talk about your career trajectory. And obviously, finally, you giving the residents and listeners on this podcast some advice about how they can be successful and as successful as you. So maybe you can take just a few minutes and just expand a little bit upon your career trajectory, sort of how you, how did you get to what I consider to be a very, very important position as director of all revenue cycle for a very large health system? Yeah, absolutely, Bob. You know, my, my journey might be a little bit
1: different in some ways, and and, and the experiences that I'll share are, are truly set me up for where I'm today. And then also going through the OSU um, MS HSPA program really kind of expanded what I, I thought to be really the the the, the way that I could really take it to the next level. So I started out at uh, Eli Lillian Company right after I finished my undergrad degree at, at NC State and uh, worked in their sales and marketing and brand division uh, for about six years. And and that was really important to really understand uh, business acumen, understanding finance, understanding the ideas of what uh, sales and marketing driving uh, results and performance are. It really put me in a in a way that I could really expand on what I knew was a trajectory for me that I wanted to continue forward on. Uh, But there was a decision point that I really thought to myself, as I was going through uh, my journey, I wanted to get closer to the patient. I really wanted to understand more of the clinical aspects to pharmaceuticals, kind of expanding on the the pharmaceutical industry and the journey that I was on. Uh, So I I changed uh, career paths, which was a big decision. Uh, There's financial implications to that too. But It was a leap of faith. I really believed in myself that I knew where I wanted to go and get closer to that patient. And so I went back to pharmacy school um, in North Carolina at Campbell University um, and did my rotations there at Duke University Hospital. Uh, Really appreciated the clinical practice, understanding the retail practice um, as well, too, uh, around pharmaceuticals and pharmacy in general. Really encountering a lot of people that really taught me what is next beyond that. And so I really started to think about how I appreciated the fact of understanding business, understanding finance, and really wanted to blend now the clinical, the, the operations, the finance uh, forward. And so I thought to myself that I really needed to look at a residency program that would offer me that. And then that's where uh, working with yourself and, and others, where I thought the, the Ohio State program really offered me something unique and giving me an opportunity to really blend all of those things together. Um, what I learned through the HSPA program was uh, a pharmacy uh, and the skill sets we learned through this program can be expanded in many different aspects of healthcare. Uh, we're in a unique uh, profession and get to learn a lot of different things that really can uh, expand into areas across the entire healthcare delivery system. And pharmacy uh, gave me that opportunity in the HSPA program. Uh, from there, I ended up uh, going to Ohio Health. Uh, and starting as their pharmacy revenue integrity manager, which revenue integrity really brings operational excellence, uh, compliance, uh, revenue management for complete legitimate reimbursement uh, that we wanted to really strive for. And really thinking about people, process, technology, and using that, uh, that theme really helped guide my success. I was uh, then elevated to the director of revenue integrity um, and uh, business services for pharmacy. At Ohio Health, and then ended up expanding into a system role over Revenue Integrity, uh, which was under Revenue Cycle. So I took again a leap of faith, went outside of uh, uh, pharmacy services, but again I knew I had the tools, um, I had the tool belt that was continuing to be built through what I learned through my my journey um, to go into Revenue Cycle, and here I am today, the the, the leader of this this large division of, of Revenue Cycle across the Ohio Health Enterprise. So it's, it's been a great journey and,
0: and a lot of lessons that were learned through that process. Wow. Yeah, it's a, that's amazing. That's an amazing trajectory. It really is. Congratulations to you. Um, so why is revenue so important for a pharmacy? Okay, I, let me just rephrase that. As a chief pharmacy officer, why is revenue so such an important uh, issue, process to, for one to understand?
1: Yeah, you know, when you think about uh, pharmacy practice and understanding revenue, is only going to be more important as we move forward. Um, we know that healthcare costs are are growing; it's becoming expensive. So, for pharmacy uh, leaders, for all pharmacy, uh, we need to understand revenue management, and that starts with understanding that pharmaceuticals play a significant part of the overall financial portfolio at a hospital or healthcare system. So the more that we understand the financials, the more we understand how we charge uh, our pricing strategy, um, are we capturing all of our charges, uh, what the payer reimbursement models look like, whether you're talking about government uh, payers or whether you're talking about your commercial payers, understanding those components and those specific uh, analytics really will help drive why pharmacy is so important in the overall healthcare delivery model. Um, And you'll continue to see as we, even in the clinical space, really need to understand how we can do some cost containment strategies in helping to manage our revenues and helping to manage um, overall what we achieve to build upon and invest in more and more services is truly why pharmacy is is a key role in the overall revenue management and revenue cycle uh, when it comes to uh, a hospital or health system. Uh, there's a lot of things even in the process of revenue management when you think about prior authorizations, yeah. um, you think about those components too, denials management, which pharmacy, we're the experts and when what we know about our our, yeah. our drug therapies, we need to be. A-
0: yeah, and and uh, so just on on average, would you say the pharmacy gross revenue, which is just charges, uh is probably about 40 percent of a health system's revenue approximately just as a ballpark would you say i would say it, it's
1: it's going to only get more closer to being half uh, okay, because if you think it. about pharmaceuticals i mean they touch every single possible space of, of healthcare, care
0: and uh, we need to make sure that we understand that so as a pharmacy chief pharmacy officer pharmacy director you need to either be very connected to revenue cycle, or you need to have somebody in your department that's an expert in revenue cycle who can at least do some focus focus on that on a daily basis. Correct?
1: Absolutely. And, and kind of going back to my journey, revenue cycle depended on pharmacy services here at Ohio Health. Uh, we truly were the experts. I mean, you have to blend the clinical and the financial and the operational needs, and right. I mean, revenue cycle uh, historically doesn't have that expertise. So the more that pharmacy practice and pharmacy services can get
0: involved, the better off the overall organization. Absolutely. So then, you know, you've you've uh, taken this, you know, leap of faith. And so, so what do you do on a daily? Like, what is your what is your day look like, generally?
1: Yeah. So my my current day is I oversee uh, close to fifteen hundred associates in revenue cycle. Uh, when you think about it, from patient access. Uh, to patient services center, um, overseeing coding, medical billing, AR claims management, uh, denials management, and the the payer relationship. Uh, There's a lot to oversee. So so my day is really um, in the strategy, and I would definitely say into the networking as well, too, and the marketing of what Revenue Cycle does. Um, We are truly not, uh, not wanting to be just seen as a financial operation. Uh, the customer experience is so key that revenue cycle plays a, a, a part of. So if you think about the patient financial journey, when you think about customer experience, it's not just quality in the clinical care. It truly is about how well was the patient registered? Uh, did we get the right information? Uh, did we also uh, make sure that the billing statements were appropriate? So I'm I'm managing a lot of that even on a day-to-day on the the the, the new strategies to to get us forward. And I'm going to throw in one other term in there, too, is the technological advances. We are continuing to push on technology to to bridge a lot of the things that we need in in revenue cycle. So I'm also in a day to day working close with our information services or information technology on how we continue to push where we need to go to uh, help revenue cycle elevate and continue to drive on performance.
0: So, so what have so what would you say is, is, are, are skills that you learned in the residency that you use every day? And I know there's lots of skills, but what would you say are the, some of the most important skills you, you've used as part of your Ohio State training to help you every day? And, and it's a great question,
1: Bob, and, and I'm really appreciative that for that question because I think what you gain out of the program is truly being hands-on. You have a lot of people around you that the, the Ohio State program offers you as a resource, and what I learned quickly was is this program allowed me to reach out to those folks, um, whether they are in pharmacy services or whether they're even outside of pharmacy services, that were right there at your fingertips. So I really appreciated the fact of Of yourself and and other leaders that are dedicated to this program that we're welcoming to um, really have some time with and to really extend out to to learn. I think I also learned a lot about the uh, pharmacy practice uh, from an industry perspective um, and also understanding where the history is of pharmacy practice and and how that actually translate uh, to where we need to go. I'm a big believer that you uh, need to learn from history, and I think this program really taught me a lot about where the history of pharmacy practice is and where we need to go, and hence uh, why I I thought the the revenue management was so key on where we need to go for the future to help push our profession forward. You really get a lot of that insight through uh, this program. Um, One thing I will share, too, is is if um, you are a working professional, Um, and someone that is already in practice, I think this program offers you something unique and some enhancements to improve upon where your journey might be going. Uh, Just for those couple of reasons, the networking, the resources that are out there, and truly understanding the history and where uh, pharmacy practice has come from and where we're looking and needing to go. Uh, So I really encourage those folks to take advantage of that type of opportunity, which is so critical in my
0: success. Well, thank you very much for that plug for our working professionals. As you know, you and I have talked, and by the way, that was unsolicited for folks that are listening to this podcast. Um, it, it's an, an excellent uh, excellent point in that we, we pride ourselves in that in training, helping to train working professionals to enhance their current job or to enhance opportunities for promotion within their organization. So. That those two aspects of, of sort of how we approach our working professionals has really produced, in my opinion, a very successful working uh, professional group. We just had a just have someone who's going to graduate, who's actually uh, going to take a job at Grant Medical Center in the Ohio Health System as a pharmacy manager, a clinical manager, and that person would not have had the opportunity uh, to take that job had they not had some of the training of the working professional. Uh, program at Ohio State, so I appreciate that. That's so, great. so yeah, it's it's been really nice to see how the working professionals have continued to grow uh, in this program. So, so we've talked a little bit about you know why why revenue uh, is so important, and and obviously probably something near and dear to your uh, heart is probably programs that enhance pharmacy revenue or grow pharmacy revenue. Moving forward, Gary, what do you think those programs effectively could be? Is mean, it specialty pharmacy? Is it pharmacists billing for services? Where do you see the key areas of enhanced revenue or revenue growth for pharmacy in the next three to five years?
1: Yeah, and I think you hit on two of them, Bob. You know, Right now, we understand that the, the payer landscape is becoming more complex and how they reimburse for services. So as a profession, we we need to stay ahead of the game and really understand the financial uh, forecast of what we're embarking on. So specialty pharmacy, which truly to me is around side of care. You know, the payers are looking for ways to reimburse at a lower cost and uh, hospitals continue to become more expensive. And how can we look to uh, mitigate that uh, ourselves is to really think about unique services such as specialty pharmacy services, uh, such as um, even home health divisions or other uh, outpatient type of settings or models that we really can help with pharmaceutical uh, care delivery. Uh, You talked about billing for services. I I think, again, that's another opportunity for us to grow in in what we can offer from a clinical expertise to support healthcare delivery. And the better we can be and and continue to push on legislation and being advocates um, and really pushing on policy is only gonna help us to get to that point of billing for our services and finding ways uh, to reimburse uh, for what we can offer um, the healthcare delivery model. Um, I also believe in the fact that as, as we continue to deliver pharmaceutical care in the uh, hospital setting, we need to also continue to think about how we can make that a lot easier. Uh, again, a lot of complexities around access to pharmaceuticals. So I, I think about ways of, of decreasing administrative burden about access through prior authorization requirements. Um, looking at ways that we can offer patients uh, financial reprieve through medication assistance programs. Uh, The pharmaceutical industry and charities are out there to help support uh, patients out of pockets. And as we continue to see higher deductibles and higher out of pockets uh, for patients, uh, we need to also make sure that we can think uh, differently about how we can support uh, the patients out of pocket costs as well. Uh, So a lot of things occurring in this space, I think supply chain uh continues in contract and contracting continues to be an area of focus as well too, uh, that we're going to continue to see some more value- based contracts uh, maybe in in the next five to ten years. Uh, we're still in a big fee for service model, but we need to start thinking about where pharmacy can play a role and definitely being tied to our managed care teams at your organizations to help push on policy.
0: yeah, you you'd be basically touching on all the key points of the future of pharmacy leadership and strategy, right? You know, managed care uh, relationships, managed care contracts, specialty pharmacy, pharmacist provider status, uh, and even obviously on the inpatient operational side, reducing waste, uh, improving charge capture, uh, improving control. All of these things though really do complement the clinical mission, right? They complement clinical care excellence. If you do those things well, if you have a good patient experience by properly managing the patient bill, if you can manage patients prescriptions, you know, properly, ultimately that promotes higher quality of care. So I guess the point that I wanted to make to the listeners of this podcast is that Gary's focus every day is on revenue, but really what he's doing is he's focusing on improving the system to improve the overall quality of care within his health system. And because there, there has to be, as you said, a direct correlation, right, between the integrity, the, the quality, simplicity and the customer friendly nature of revenue cycle has to impact patient care in a positive way so again pharmacy revenue uh cycle needs to be a huge focus of a chief pharmacy officer i know personally when i and gary you'll kind of love this when i when i started as a pharmacy director in 1994 i got a report every day of all the charges right And, and i used to take in Excel a pivot table you know it was back in the days right do a pivot table that was highest to lowest charge and i would review that every single day as the pharmacy director i would re- we're talking about a 600 bed 500 bed hospital i would review it every single day and charges would pop out right you'd have somebody that was charged for 150 doses of x instead of 15 right or instead of 10 they're charged for a thousand you know somebody fat fingers you know the charging and uh i know obviously a lot of our charging is now automated you know charge on administration and those sorts of things but back in the day i reviewed that every day and caught a lot of billing caught a lot of charge errors and as a result you know translated to some billing you know preventing billing errors so even back then 30 years ago i was focused on that and then I was I've always been focused on that but it's really critical and it's really nice to have somebody with pharmacist training in your position because you can influence within the health system positively the role of pharmacy and I guess I would also ask a question is from your vantage point do you see payers understanding our changing role or is it still a struggle is it still an education effort is it still sort of a little bit of a beating ahead against the wall, or do you see any winds of change?
1: It's a really good question. And and I want to go back, Bob, again, it, it, learning from the history and, and you sharing what you shared about what you had to do back then uh, makes me smile because, you know, where we've come from, it, it really tells you the story. But all of those lessons learned from the history of what you had to deal with with charges, I, I appreciate hearing that. Um, around managed care, absolutely there is still a lot of challenges and a long way we have to go to educate our pairs around uh, pharmacy and pharmacy practice and uh, pharmaceutical delivery Um, how we actually continue to look at pricing how we look at reimbursement um, how we look at what we need to um, uh, bill for Uh, there's a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot of things that um, are so detailed there that we need pharmacy and pharmacy practitioners and leaders to actually understand those components to help the overall uh, payers and, and how we actually shape the payers for where we need to go in the future. Uh, so I would definitely say there is a, a uh, opportunity from that. And, I, and I'll give you a specific example. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. highest denials uh, from a service perspective that we see is actually around our infusion services. Yes, we uh, have the same,
0: we have the same, yeah.
1: Yeah, payers are making it very difficult to actually get access to these uh, very uh, important therapies, life-saving therapies for patients, and we end up having to figure out financially how do we actually uh, adjust or write off or what do we need to do to make sure that we can get paid because uh, you said it earlier, everything that I do truly is about providing better quality clinical care. That's the end goal, and I think pharmacy needs to continue to push and get into that space and really uh, work at the top of their license. But the only way we can do that is truly understanding revenue management, understanding the financials, and bringing together, again, operations, finance, uh, clinical, all together to go on this journey with us. So we
0: still have a lot of work to do. Okay, okay, so obviously the main point of emphasis here for our listeners is advocacy right under being involved in professional organizations that's why being involved in ashp understanding um, being involved in the central ohio society of health system pharmacists being involved in oshp and opa ohio pharmacists association or any state pharmacy association and being an advocate for the pharmacist role is ultimately going to be helpful and it's ultimately going to convince payers that our services are worth paying for and we do see a lot of denials and infusion we in fact have an fte uh gary and you probably do as well at ohio health that just focuses on denials for infusion i mean within our pharmacy we have a person that's all she does and she's very good at it but you know she gets frustrated because of some of the barriers uh that she comes across so so you've had this incredible journey today. So what's in store for you for the future? What what does what your career trajectory look like in the future? What where where would you like to be and end up? Yeah, so I, I currently
1: report to our chief financial officer at Ohio Health, and and you know one would think that I'm on this journey to be uh, maybe a next step might be CFO. Um, but you know to be quite honest with you, Bob, I think that there is something to just being a healthcare executive you know, like yourself and and continuing to uh, push, maybe it is to become a COO, maybe it's to become a president um, of a hospital or multiple hospitals. Um, Maybe it's also strategy. But again, I'm going to use what I learned through the OSU program is you have a lot of people at your fingertips to go and understand their journey. And you'll find a lot of people have different experiences and different journeys that they've, they've been on. Um, I think that's an incredible to see that what you learn in this program and through um, the teachings, I think, can really help you kind of think a little bit broadly um, to where you might be able to go. So for me, I think it's continuing to uh, build on experiences. I've got a, a lot of work here in this role, but it, uh, my journey will continue to be a transformational leader, a healthcare collaborator, and a healthcare executive, and we'll see what specific position that might be.
0: You, you're certainly doing a darn good job of it uh, to date. So again, you've had these experiences. You, you're sort of you were sort of a non-traditional student, I would say, uh, going to pharmacy school. You Went to pharmacy school, and you know, non-traditional student. Went to the MS program. Uh, sort of have a non-traditional role. I mean, not non-traditional, but different role and a different type of role. What what advice would you give our residents on the call, and even actually maybe some of our uh, current listeners who are pharmacy managers or pharmacy leaders, what, what, what advice do you give them about career growth, development, things that work, things that don't work?
1: Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll use you as well, Bob, as a mentor too, and a friend. You know, I would definitely say one key takeaway is to be bold. Be bold with your ideas and be bold with who you are Um, there's a lot of things that a lot of us might shy away from, or maybe get intimidated by because of a role, even within pharmacy services. If you're looking to become, um, a leader, a formal leader in the sense of being a manager or a director, um, I would definitely say that if, if you don't uh, see it as a challenge and you don't have a little anxiety, then it's going to be easy. I would definitely say you want that, um, that anxiousness and, and a little of that, uh, anxiety and challenge, and you wanna know that. So be bold, and I would say be bold with your ideas. And I think even for residents as they're going through this program, I think uh, the OSU program allowed us to be bold and to think big. Um, and you might not see that in a lot of other programs, even uh, other programs outside of just our, our MS program. So I, I think that's really important is to, to be bold. Um, number two for me is, is really the power of networking. Uh, meeting with stakeholders, both inside pharmacy, outside pharmacy, will only help you in whatever path you go in, especially if you're on a journey within becoming a chief pharmacy officer. Um, and I know for you, Bob, you meet with people, I'm sure, all day um, outside of pharmacy services to to market sure. what pharmacy services is and who sure. we are. Um, sure. And it's so important you have that, again, within this program at your fingertips to be able to uh, do that. And I encourage people to do that, especially – I, I see that for the working professional to really take advantage of people outside of pharmacy service. It'll only help you grow within um, your practice
0: area and where you want to be. Yeah, that's that's really great advice. And so what do you do in your free time? Uh, I know you're probably busy. What kinds of things do you do in your free time to kind of de-stress and sort of unplug a little bit from your job?
1: Yeah, so my wife and I have uh, picked up tennis. So oh, we play a lot of great. tennis over the, the summer, um, played in a league. Uh, she played in a league as well too so we did doubles and uh, tennis has been uh, been very uh, much a stress reliever um, I'm competitive in nature so it's perfect <laughs> to be able to play a sport and uh, but also to make it a stress relief where I don't have to kind of think about work and, and so it is a nice outing even just practicing uh, tennis has been fun
0: for and me. It, it's good exercise I'm assuming you're moving left to right backwards and forwards you're running back and forth you're you know, your flexibility and mobility is probably challenged, which is all good, huh? Absolutely.
1: And my wife is the first one to tell me all of that, too. So she reminds me <laughs> of that. My
0: but it is great exercise. My wife tells me that all the time. too. So. <laughs> well, Gary, it's been great having you on the show and uh, best of luck. And again, uh, your your alma mater couldn't be more proud of what you've done and not only uh, your your position in terms of you know, being promoted to the highest revenue cycle position within a very large health system, but how you have continued to display the enthusiasm for excellence and really the Buckeye spirit. And so we, we, again, thank you for that. And thank you for how much you do for patients every single day through the decisions and strategies uh, that you, um, you know, employ on a daily basis. So thank you again. Have a great day. I appreciate it, Bob. Very grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy. And if you found this interview helpful to your own professional development, please do us a favor and share the good news with your colleagues and leave us with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts each and every week.